This is ARRL's Eclectic Tech, a bi-weekly look at the technical and scientific side of amateur radio with your host Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Eclectic Tech is brought to you by ICOM. ICOM, for the love of ham radio, is about the passion for an incredible hobby. Visit ICOM in the community webpage at www.icomamerica.com forward slash community. I'm speaking with Dave Slaughter, W3DJS. Good evening, Dave. Good evening. Dave, you're the uh, inventor, creator of uh, ham pie. But before we get to defining exactly what that is, now with the pie, of course, it has something to do with a raspberry pie. But for listeners who perhaps have no idea what we're talking about initially, let's start on the ground floor. In other words, can you explain what a raspberry pie is? Yes, I can. Um, the uh, simple version of that is the Raspberry Pi is a single board computer uh, that are that is used by hobbyists and is very expandable. Um, what most people know about it is that it's a very affordable uh, computer up until the stock scarcity uh, related to the pandemic. Uh, but typically, they run from about thirty-five dollars uh, and up. Uh, depending on how much capabilities you add into them. Uh, but it, it's the exact same type of computer that you might use as a desktop, except for it's, it's very tiny. It fits, it, it fits in about the size of a um, deck of cards, maybe just a little bit larger than that. Uh, it runs on low power. Uh, it, it runs on uh, 5 volts and uh, 2 and a half amps for the Raspberry Pi 3 and earlier, and then 3 amps for the uh, Raspberry Pi 4 and later. Uh, so it's it's low cost. It's low. It's small size, low power. The the ARM processor on it is uh, very capable, and you can run it just like a desktop computer. So a lot of hams have adopted using the Raspberry Pi uh, to operate both in their shack, and then of course due to its uh, low power requirements and small size, they they've also taken it into the field as well. Yes, it's been very popular. I've played with them briefly. Oh, it's been two, three years ago, and they were a lot of fun. And you seem to have solved one of the problems that I faced back then, which was finding and installing amateur radio software. And to that end, you created HamPi for the Raspberry Pi. So what is HamPi? Uh, very simply, uh, HamPi is the premier ham radio software distribution for the Raspberry Pi uh, computer. Uh, it is basically a pre-built set of about 100 different applications for the uh, uh, amateur radio operator. Uh, it's pretty much just plug and play. You don't have to go with downloading software and, and, and compiling it and installing it. It's already there. You start up the apps, you fill in the information like your call sign and grid square and whatnot, and you're ready to go. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a prepackaged solution. It uh, is both for saving time for uh, hams as well as uh, allowing newbie hams that are that are new to the Raspberry Pi platform or new to Linux in general, which is the operating system, uh, to get up and running very quickly. I looked at the list of applications, and it's really extensive. I saw uh, WSJTX, of course. I saw slow scan TV app. I think satellite tracking, software defined radio, and logging and an awful lot more. That is absolutely correct. Uh, there are a number of different uh, software categories 
that Hampi falls into. Uh, there is, for example, not mentioned, uh, there are antenna modeling apps on there. Uh, there are um, uh, tutorial apps uh, for helping people become uh, passive technician and general tests, although uh, some of those apps are a little bit uh, dated. Uh, but even though they're dated, they can, they're still quite useful because a lot of the uh, basics in ham radio have not changed, even though some of the regulations change from time to time. You did mention satellite-type applications. There's also PSK-type applications in digital mode. Uh, there's support for EMCOM. So emergency communications is supported with the inclusion of DRATS and PAT, which is uh, a version of uh, – it's an open-source version of WinLink. Uh, for uh, Linux-type computers. So there's logging software that wasn't mentioned. Uh, there's support for APRS, CW, Morse code. And uh, you did, of course, mention uh, satellite communication and software-defined radio. So there's really a little bit for everybody in there. I mean, there's there's even stuff that doesn't even fit into these categories because they're like maybe one-off applications like Chirp to program your HT or um, uh, there's another app that that helps you program your DMR radios. Uh, Blue DV, which lets you get onto uh, the D-Star network, uh, the DMR network, and the ASUS System Fusion network just by uh, plugging in a cheap little AMBE USB dongle, which run about a hundred bucks. So uh, it, it basically lets you get on those radio networks without actually having a radio, just using the computer and the sound card built into it. It really is everything. Now to reveal my ignorance completely. <laughs> I have to ask, did you build this on a platform, an operating system like Raspbian or one of those? Uh, yes, sir, I did. It's uh, built upon Raspberry Pi OS. And uh, Raspberry Pi OS is released by the Raspberry Pi Foundation. Uh, it itself is based on top of Debian Linux. Uh, the current version of HamPy is running on top of the Raspberry Pi OS that's built on top of Debian 11, also known as Bullseye. Okay. And Dave, could you summarize the steps, basically, to install this thing? Imagine that a listener went out and he or she has purchased a Raspberry Pi. He's got it set up. He has a monitor hooked up to it and some sort of a, perhaps a wireless keyboard. What do they do next? So the first thing they want to do is... And whatever computer they want to download the software from, uh, open up a web browser and go to hampi.sourceforge.net. That's H-A-M-P-I dot S-O-U-R-C-E-F-O-R-G-E dot net. And uh, that will take them to a download page where they can download the image. And once the image is has been downloaded, it's a compressed file, and you don't have to uncompress it. Uh, they would use another tool, and the tool I recommend is Bolina Etcher, and uh, that's easily found on the web, and it is cross-platform for Mac, Windows, and Linux. And they use Bolina Etcher to then write the image. So it will automatically de decompress the image and write it out to a micro SD card for the newer uh, Raspberry Pis, or uh, since HamPi 2.0, the current release supports all Raspberry Pi computers, they can even flash it to an SD card running on a Raspberry Pi 1, which is about 10 years old or so at this point. So once it's flashed to the SD card or the micro SD card, 
I basically insert it into the Raspberry Pi and and uh, power it up, and then you go from there. And everything just comes up. You have a desktop type of uh, screen, almost Windows-esque in a way, at least from what I could see, and then all of the applications are present? That's correct. Uh, what they see is um, a uh, desktop uh, GUI uh, with a Raspberry Pi menu up on the upper left-hand corner of the screen. And when they uh, click on the little Raspberry icon, uh, the menu drops down. What they will notice is a ham radio applications menu, which when selected then shows a submenu with categories of applications. Uh, for example, if you select weak signal, uh, you'll see WSJTX uh, or um, a GS8 call under that category. And then all you do is highlight that and click on it, and uh, those applications will launch. It sounds deceptively easy, is it? Uh, it's pretty easy, but uh, watching the support forums, and there are, there are community support forums that I definitely urge that people join. Uh, that's at uh, groups.io slash G as in golf slash ham dash pi. Um, I see that people run into all sorts of different issues with uh, different keyboards, uh, compatibility with with ham uh, with the uh, with the ham pie or um, somebody was uh, mentioning uh, issues with Bluetooth the other day. So it's an operating system, and there are lots of different things that that uh, come up. Uh, the nice thing in that having a community support form is that you can post your question there, and whether it's me that answers it, or one of the uh, 800 or 900 plus uh, members on the board uh, will see the message and hopefully uh, come in and respond to somebody's plea for help or assistance there. There are issues, but we, we're good about we're good about supporting people on the board. I assume the current version is not obviously the first version. How long have you been doing this? At this point, two and a half years. Uh, the very first version of HamPi wasn't even called HamPi. Uh, prior to HamPi 1.0, uh, it was actually called the W3DJS uh, Ham Radio Software Image for the Raspberry Pi, which is quite a mouthful of a name. <laughs> and that was, that was hand-built. It took me a couple of weekends to put together, and it had a lot less applications. Uh, HamPi 1.0 and later is built on an is built using a IT software automation tool called Ansible. And uh, if folks who want to know more about Ansible can definitely Google that. Um, but Ansible let me write a number of playbooks that, when Ansible runs, it follows the plays in the playbook and it follows those steps to install the software. In many cases, uh, I would say about 85 to 90 percent of the time. It downloads the source code for applications like WSJTX and then builds it directly on the Pi and places it on the image. Oh, so uh, there's no uh, there's no there's no manual steps during the about uh, six or seven hour build time. Uh, it just runs on its own and does its thing. Uh, there are manual steps at the very end and the very beginning of the build uh, where I'm uh, where I'm flashing the base image to the card or where I'm creating the image and then compressing it at the end. But uh, the the majority of the build is all automated using Ansible. A moment ago, you mentioned the fact that the Raspberry Pi really lends itself well to portable operating. And as I imagine you know, there's kind of a trend for many hams 
to operate summits on the air and parks on the air. And for those who need a computer for logging or for digital modes like FT8, generally they've been hauling along laptops. But if you're hiking, that can be a problem. Uh, do you see the Raspberry Pi and Ham Pi fitting into that? Absolutely. In fact, I get fan mail from people uh, telling me about how well it worked for them in a parks on the air situation. Uh, I haven't yet heard about anybody using it on islands on the air, but uh, I'm I'm definitely uh, looking forward to hearing somebody doing that eventually. Now, thinking of FT8 in a portable situation, Dave, how would you suggest handling the time synchronization problem? Is there some way to connect, say, a GPS time source or GPS receiver to the Raspberry Pi to do that? Oh, I'm absolutely glad you asked about that. <laughs> so um, in the case of HamPi, there's a couple of different solutions to get the proper time on the device. Um, one of the solutions is, and I, I will I will say that uh, uh, I am compensated by this company, but uh, Northwest Digital Radio has a draws board that you you can purchase and put onto a, a Pi 3 or a Pi 4. And it has a built-in GPS, which can supply the time uh, to the uh, to the Pi itself. Um, and there is built-in support for the draws board on, on HamPi. Uh, besides that, there is also the ability to put a uh, real-time clock onto the Pi. And those cost only about five bucks or so uh, US dollars. Um, and I mentioned U.S. dollars because HamPi has a lot of international users as well. Uh, besides the real-time clock, uh, there is also the ability to plug in a uh, approximately $7 U.S. Uh, GPS module into one of the USB ports and get the time that way. So uh, there are definitely solutions for mobile operation and maintaining correct time for FTA. Continuing the portable operating thread... What about monitors, Dave? Uh, what sort of small, low power consumption monitor would you suggest for that situation, for the Pi? It really depends on what the uh, person's budget is and um, what type of lighting situation they have out in the field. Uh, a lot of monitors do not lend themselves well to being out in the sunlight. And of course, that's a problem whether you're using a laptop or a Raspberry Pi. Uh, but Let's say you have a let's say you have a shaded environment, or you could put a little shade around the Pi screen. Uh, there are a number of affordable uh, displays that actually will plug in onto the Raspberry Pi's GPIO pins, and uh, it can operate that way. Now, those are typically uh, low power and uh, uh, displays and, and small size displays, but those work very well for running FTA. Uh, and of course, if they want to go larger. I have my Pi 4 plugged into a 4K monitor in my ham shack, although uh, I doubt you're going to be taking a 4K monitor out into the field with you. <laughs> but uh, there, there, there really are a lot of options. Uh, one thing I've actually, I just purchased, although I haven't received it yet, uh, is one of these digital ink displays. Uh, they are incredibly low power. They, they really barely sip any power at all. Uh, although they're a lot slower to update the, the display, uh, if somebody wants to really conserve the power, there there are digital ink displays available for the Raspberry Pi. I had no idea. I'll have to take a look at that. I've seen 
Oh, even on Amazon, really small paperback book size monitors, LCD types, that sort of thing. Uh, some which claim to uh, be able to plug into the HDMI interface, which I think, please correct me, Dave, I think the uh, Raspberry Pi 4 provides? Uh, that's correct. Uh, there is a, uh, uh, depending on the Pi model, the earlier ones had full HDMI ports, then later used mini and micro HDMI ports, depending on the model. Okay. Okay. Well, that would be excellent. My laptop is a, oh, probably a eight-year-old uh, HP Elite book. And if you can imagine what that would be like to have to put that in a backpack along with your transceiver, a lead-acid battery, and everything else, uh, the Raspberry Pi with ham pie would be a huge benefit. I, cer I certainly think so. And uh, a lot of uh, ham pie users agree with me because they will write me and uh, tell me about how they're using ham pie out in the field. So I'm very happy to hear about that. And also, too, back at home, uh, many amateurs are probably like me that have, if you will, a central computer in the house that does everything from photo editing to household finances to everything else, even music listening. It's nice to have a separate, affordable computer that is dedicated to amateur radio that you don't have it uh, being interfered with, if you will, <laughs> when another family member needs to, oh, I don't know, balance the books or something. That's absolutely correct. Uh, in fact, in my own, in my own uh, QTH, uh, I do have a Raspberry Pi 4 uh, running, of course, HamPi, uh, separate from uh, my primary laptop. And I actually do have a number of secondary computers, but in this particular case, I connect to HamPi using software called Virtual Network Computing or VNC. Oh yeah, and I don't even have I don't even have a display hooked up to the Pi. I'm I'm just running it uh, over my internal network and uh, running WSJTX or FL Digi or DRATS uh, over a virtual display. I've heard of some people using various tablets and using VNC-type applications to also connect in a network to the HamPi, and they're using their tablet as a display, in a sense. That's absolutely correct. Uh, HamPi doesn't care as long as you're using the VNC protocol, and VNC uh, clients work just fine on an Android tablet or an iOS tablet, or, you know, pick your, pick your operating system. As long as as long as you have a client software that understands the VNC protocol, you can drive HamPi with it. Well, you've done excellent work with HamPi, Dave. It's, uh, it's going to be an enormous benefit, I think, to many amateurs, especially, again, those who are just really getting into the Raspberry Pi world for the first time. Uh, for those people, it's a, a godsend. I'd like to think so. It, you know, I believe in hams helping hams, and not everybody has... Um, the ability to write Ansible playbooks, where not everybody has the ability to troubleshoot this and that problem all on, under Linux or Raspberry Pi. I happen to be at the intersection of all of the necessary skills, and I have barely the time to do it. So this is my gift back to the ham radio community. And uh, I like to think that I'm creating a legacy for myself by doing this. But uh this is really about this is really about the users, you know, what they want and what they need. I'm happy to add to Hampi and and Hampi is a um is a living a living being, so to speak. 
uh, it's going to continuously be be improved and and uh, uh, so what we have uh, what we have last year is a lot different than what we have now and it keeps it keeps getting changes and modifying and, and improving with each version well thank you for doing this Dave uh, it's uh, it's excellent and I'll look forward to using it myself well thank you very much if I may real quick uh, Hampi supports a couple of charities do you mind if I talk about those real quick no by all means oh thank you so uh, I do not collect any money for HamPy, and, and I wouldn't feel right about that because HamPy is a software collection, and I'm building upon other people's work. So that wouldn't be fair for me to do. However, um, if people enjoy using HamPy, um, I support two different um, charities. Uh, one is uh, the Americans for Equal Shared Parenting, and you can find them on the uh, Internet. Uh, the others is the Father's Rights Movement, and you can also find them on the Internet. Uh, being a uh, child of divorce and also a parent of divorce, I've been, I've been involved with divorces from both ends, and I see how destructive the current system is. Uh, these charities fight for 50-50 shared parenting because I know from personal experience that children want both parents, and that's not the way it is in the United States and a lot of other countries as well. So. These uh, two organizations fight for 50-50 share parenting. And uh, so if you like using HamPi, send five bucks, send 10 bucks, whatever you can send uh, to these charities, because it will help with bringing our family court system into a, a more compatible environment for children and fathers and mothers alike. So thank you very much. Thank you, Dave. Tune in again for the next episode of Eclectic Tech, produced by ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Music is provided by Purple Planet at purpleplanet.com. If you have comments, email eclectic at arrl.org. This episode is copyright ARRL and all rights are reserved. I'm Sabrina Jackson, KC1JMW. See you next time.